0: yes um did you see it part two not yet was it good have you seen it i did see it i went and saw it by myself because the two friends i was going to go see it with one of them ended up seeing it ahead of me and i was like dude what's up and then the other one was like i'm going this was on saturday he's like i'm going on saturday uh, at six i'm like i can't go like, i got a thing so i went sunday morning by myself at the 11 o'clock the first showing um it was fine it was fun it was long it was if if you had told me it was a comedy, I would have been like, "Got it. It's hilarious. It's funny. There's a few scary moments, but nothing was like super scary." Oh, would you say the first one was better? I would, I would. But I did like um, uh, the guy who, well, the guy who plays the grown-up Eddie, I can't, James Ransone, I think, and then Bill Hader plays grown-up Richie, and they are hilarious. The the two of them back and forth, and there's a few subplots that I didn't remember from like the tim curry version when i was growing up and i never read the book so yeah. uh, but it was good i liked it i was happy yeah. with it it wasn't it's a def- waste of time
1: that's good it's definitely on my list of, of things to see i just haven't made it to yeah the theater yet. yeah yeah wow all right
0: um, i can't believe we're here again here we go What's okay. happening
1: we're all older now another year older another year wiser <laughs> we still have our hair though that's good good for us <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> Good evening everybody and welcome to this American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host Tyler Moss here with my co-host, Chris Houston. Welcome back everyone. Oh man, here we are, season nine of American Horror Story. Hard to believe <sighs> we've been watching this show for nine seasons. Next thing you know it'll be as old as The Simpsons. <laughs> oh god, can we do this can we do our show that long? <laughs> <laughs> be interesting. I feel like they would really have I mean, if we feel like they've got some plot structural issues now, imagine at season twenty five where we'd be.
0: I mean, Ryan Murphy's got seventeen other shows in the works right now, so who knows how long they'll keep this one going? But I feel like it does a good job for um, FX.
1: Oh, it definitely does. I feel like this still continues to be like his flagship show, and then you know he has like the shows that win maybe win more awards or kind of the one-off ones. Right. And it's like I would bet American Horror Story is, like the show that has the biggest consistent following because it's also not you know a um, you know just like a one-off show or anything like that. So mm-hmm. how exciting to be back again, American Horror Story nineteen eighty four. Uh, before we begin, uh, of course, we always want to welcome any new listeners who are just tuning in for the first time. Season 9, an interesting time to choose uh, to, join, to join us, to find Join us. on, but, you know, maybe you're a huge We're fan. We're glad of you. you did. We are super glad you did. Maybe you're a huge fan of the 80s and you're like, this is my time to really get in. And, hey, I love the 80s, too. I can't wait to talk about it with you. So... Uh, I can't blame you for that at all. And of course, for our longtime listeners, welcome back. We always love having you here. Um, you know, the feel of our podcast really is, is kind of about being a community. You know, we all enjoy the show, we all love coming up with theories. We all, you know, we hit on it a little bit, but it's all in a very loving way manner, I would say. You know, we Mm -hmm. have a... We love the show, so... Yeah, we have a Facebook page, um, facebook.com slash This American Horror Story, where we like to kind of engage people in conversations about different aspects of the show. Um, You can also, if you ever have theories or questions for us we encourage you to send them to this American horror story at gmail.com oftentimes we will use them uh, to prompt conversation on the actual podcast and of course we always really appreciate it when you rate us and review us on iTunes that helps get our podcast to even more listeners and we continue to in this glorious season 9 uh, build out our I don't know American horror story fan club even more of course the sound of Chris's drink opening is also kind of a a um, you know, it sets the tone for the show. We are a casual conversation between two fans, longtime fans who, um, longtime fans and friends who have just been watching TV together for years. Used to do it in person. Now we live in different cities, and we like to do it, uh, hold these conversations, you know, on air, and uh, as a part of a greater community. So, with all that being said, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We are happy to have you here, and we are thrilled to be talking about this next season, and, and you know, it doesn't feel like, as someone said this on Facebook today, it doesn't feel like fall until American Horror Story is back, so. I agree. How uh, how exciting to be here, and it, we're starting a little bit early, I think, in September. I think last year we started in early October, so a little bit different, but hey, that's exciting. Um, before we begin, what what are you drinking to kick off the season? Guess what I'm drinking. Well, it sounded Can like, it? oh no, you should say, You should. I'm going to make you say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a white claw yeah they're really tasty i have black cherry this is probably my favorite flavor i got into it this summer and i'm Mm. not ashamed
1: are you gonna keep drinking it into the fall it's not really a fall beverage
0: no this is like leftover from a barbecue from labor day barbecue so i'm just kind of finishing them up but i'm down if people bring them over i'll drink them what are you
1: drinking yeah i am drinking a beer that is called the cat's meow you know it seems like maybe something they... Well, I was going to say something they said in the 80s, but it's probably something they said more in, like, the 1920s. 50s, 20s, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be a different... Maybe they would say that in Freak Show or something else instead of <laughs> 1984, but, you know. Um, <clears throat> so, before we begin, I feel like the very first thing... I mean, normally we kick off our... Pre- so this is a preview episode, obviously. Uh, I want to state that the show is going to kick off next, I believe, Wednesday, September Wednesday. 18th. so So... Um, we're recording on a Tuesday, so it's about a week from tomorrow, 10 p.m. as usual on FX. Um, we know we don't know a ton about this season going in. Um, I think it's kind of a similar position to last season, where we didn't know a whole lot other than it was supposed to be a Coven Murder House crossover. So it doesn't mm-hmm. give us a, it doesn't give us a, they didn't give us a ton of material to work with. That said, um, I've done a little bit of digging. I know you've done a little bit of digging, and we have some ideas. Around what this season is going to contain But before we really break into kind of the section of what we know going in I want to say that we have both been, I feel like, desperate for this camp-themed season for a long time Uh, Both love the 80s in particular 80s movies, 80s horror movies in particular And Chris, you yourself are maybe, you know, Rain Man when it comes to (laughs) <laughs> 80s horror movies that, that's, that's really it's your nice genre you to say
0: that <laughs> i don't think i'm that good but i definitely when i wake up hungover on the weekends i love to just roll over go to the couch uh pull up netflix and find out what trashy uh horror movie i can watch ideally from the 80s so i've seen like all, i've seen all of the friday the 13th i've seen all the halloweens i've seen um, a lot of the weird, more deep cuts, uh, some of the cult classics. I've sent you a few to check out that uh, that you've seen. Um, all the all the slasher films are like my thing, so like I'm so excited to dig into this and point out all the references and uh, homages to the certain iconic death scenes or film sequences. So I, I'm I'm super into this season um I, re- I went back and rewatched a few just to make sure i'm on top of it but i, I will screw it up because there's so many i forget and the, especially the friday the 13th are so similar <laughs> in their in their characters and their concepts and what happens that um i may mix it up so bear with me but i am a true fan of this
1: i think that's been fin- fantastic uh i am not as well versed in the 80s slashers in particular i love the 80s as an era i love 80s music and you know I've watched all the kind of, I guess, more blockbuster movies from the era, but you did give me some good movies, as you said, to watch as a little bit of like pre-reading, which was a lot of fun pre- previewing. <laughs>
0: it was your summer assignment.
1: <laughs> That's right. And so i um, excited to, in a little bit, talk about what we perceive to be, you know, potential inspirations for the season and what we kind of hope to see in regards of to, um, you know, classic 80s slashers of the past
0: hell yeah the bar is actually pretty low for me on this like i'm so excited just to see an 80s
1: slasher series i think it has the potential to be a lot of fun i'm excited about the previews and we'll see if they i mean this is again another situation like kind of like last season where it's like the expectations are already kind of high so well
0: and then when the aliens and the robots and the cults start showing up You know, halfway through, you'll tell me, I told you so, Chris.
1: (laughs) Hey, always at the beginning, you know, we reserve judgment and we'll see what happens. (laughs) So, um, a couple of things to kick things off. Obviously, the season is called 1984. Um, Now, we've been told so far that it's because it's taking place in 1984. It's obviously all the previews look at um, camp scenes in the 80s. They look like these slasher films from the 80s. You know it's but that having been said 1984 is not exactly an innocuous year to choose um, there's the you know evident homages to George Orwell there's been some pushback that maybe that's just coincidental that that seems unlikely to me I don't know what you think but I feel like 1984 is kind of a loaded year to pick so it makes me very curious how that's going to fit into everything
0: just quickly was um I believe and correct me if I'm wrong on this. Um, uh, Stranger Things, I think originally started eighty was eighty three this year that it takes place. Anyway, I always see often often these types of films and, and TV shows they choose like nineteen eighty three or nineteen eighty four, maybe eighty five, but it's like the early to mid eighties where it's just ripe for this type of storytelling. And there's a few reasons we'll dig into, I'm sure.
1: But well, maybe theoretically they're trying to pick a year that's ideal for the like the pop culture references of the time, whether that's the music, right. the movie, whatever kind of you know homages they want to make to other things. Right. Um, I, know, I mean, that makes sense. You know, Stranger Things, like the way the Stranger Things has, you know, the kids dress up like Ghostbusters for Halloween, that one. Mm-hmm. And stuff. And clearly that's something they employ. Right. So clearly that's something they employ too. So, you know, maybe that's part of it. But calling the season 1984, again, seems very conspicuous. So take that as you Which, will. yeah. We'll go through we some theories. See. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're going... Yeah. If we're, we want to go with something Orwell-esque, it would have to, you know, incorporate some kind of society in which people are suppressed, in which there's a lot of, um, you know, there's some kind of overarching power that's uh, watching everything you're doing in kind of a, a police state sort of situation. Um, honestly, seems more fitting for I don't know, <laughs> apocalypse or something like that. You know, a past right. season. So I don't know how any of that would translate into what the season set out to be but maybe the season isn't as it seems you know there could be more to it Tyler will let
0: us know he is our resident literary guru
1: I wouldn't go that far necessarily.
0: But we flatter each other. We can't. <laughs> Neither of us can take a compliment.
1: <laughs> so uh, season 10 or sorry, season nine will be 10 episodes long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you counted it out. It takes us either to Thanksgiving or the week right before Thanksgiving, I think, depending if it's if like the it,
0: 20th, I think, of November. So I'm not yeah. sure where Thanksgiving falls this year. But yeah,
1: so, yeah. If they are consecutive or not. Um, we do have the names of the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode one is titled Camp Redwood. I love it. From the previews, we already know that is the name of the camp that uh, our main characters are attending. Um, that is going to be directed by Bradley Buker longtime American horror story director, and we've got uh, Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk. I believe wrote that particular episode. That's the only one of the first three that they wrote themselves.
0: They did write it, okay? Because mm-hmm. they they typically do write the the uh, pilot or the the, the first opening mm-hmm. episode, and then the final one. Right. Uh, episode two
1: is titled Mr. Excuse me is titled Mr. Jingles. Hmm. Now, from the previews, I presume you've watched the previews. Yeah, or you've seen mm-hmm. as many. I mean, there's there's so many of them, it's hard to keep track of everything. I believe Mr. Jingles is the name of John Carroll Lynch's murderer, maybe? Um, you know how there's the character that escapes from the asylum? Have yes, you- I
0: know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know who was playing Mr. Jingles, though.
1: I think it's John Carroll Lynch. Um, okay. We'll go into specific yeah. uh, you know, actors when we get to that cast section but that is what episode 2 is titled and episode 3 is titled slash dance um uh, you know yes there's going to be some slash going on it also is a obvious reference to the movie Flashdance so that'll be fun as well <laughs> um I, one thing i do want to say off the bat is that the 80s costumes look phenomenal mhm there's that one teaser that just has everybody kind of dancing in their costumes which is pretty entertaining. Uh, I mean, they're yeah, pretty on point. Cody Fern I, mm-hmm. looks pretty ridiculous. And
0: uh, Billy, Billy Lord. Mm. Lord looks, she's got the feathered hair. And it's just so 80s. I love it. I can't wait. It's mm. it, We love it because it's terrible, but it's also so cool.
1: Right. The previews right now show a lot of 80s camp kind of mainstays, you know, there's bunk cabins, there's running through the woods with someone chasing you, there's knives through doors. These are all pretty classic elements of, um, you know, 80s slasher movies, I guess. One of the previews did have a Billie Eilish sound. Billie Eilish, Mm -hmm. how do you say her name? Eilish, Um, yeah. Eilish. As a, on the soundtrack, and I did have some people theorizing that maybe she seems like the type of person that would make a guest cameo on American Horror Story, so... You know, she could, that up there. She's
0: only like 17 or 18, so she's like right at the age of maybe being a camper. Now she'd be a counselor.
1: Yeah. So I, I I saw some like you know people theorizing on Twitter and stuff. There was some buzz around that. Well, maybe you know we always have random cameos throughout the season. She could be one of them. Hypothetically She's
0: our Stevie Nexus here. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? No. no <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Let's let's not give her that kind of credit just just yet. Um, okay. So in the preview, in one of the preview episodes, basically the one, the preview that is like the most fleshed out, we, Mm -hmm. we have, you know, Emma Roberts, Cody Fern, Billy Lord, and their kind of crew appear to work at some kind of like aerobics studio. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, Cody Fern gets a job as a camp counselor at Camp Red Oak or Redwood and, Redwood, and, and invites everyone there to go join him for the summer. So that's kind of how we are getting to the camp um it looks like so emma roberts character she's going to be the star of this season and that's that much has been foretold and it looks like her character has some kind of past trauma that's happened to her that generally mm-hmm. kind of makes her skittish to you know scary situations i guess i mean that's another kind of common trope is like a character that has like a i don't know well some, in some the
0: yeah. In, in in the pre in the kind of longer trailer for the app or for the season, I believe we see her in bed get attacked. Was that I, her? That's that's her character.
1: I th- yeah, and I was that was that. Do we know if that was like at the camp or if that was supposed to be like a flashback to something beforehand? I took it as a flashback
0: because it happens early on. Um So okay. to me, I was already kind of theorizing that maybe Emma or what's her, her character name going to be Brooke. Brooke is going to re-encounter that same person because when we heard someone broke up, breaks out from the asylum, that mm-hmm. maybe that's that person who had originally went on the rampage or tried to kill people. So that's her trauma, and now she's going to have to face it again in the camp setting, possibly, mm-hmm. is a theory.
1: Well, and so based on that theory, the other thing we learned in the preview is that this character escape from the asylum is named Mr. Jingles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're on the lookout for... It's a, like... There's also some like news reports of someone who is a like stabbing people basically like uh, on the loose. It's not clear. It wasn't clear to me from the preview whether or not they've directly connected Mr. Jingles with the person who's doing the slasher murders, or whether those are mm-hmm. two separate people. Um, I guess we'll we'll watch the show and see. Uh, and then, of course, the other part that we see is, like, on the way to camp, it seems like, the counselors find a person in the road, uh, and, like, mm-hmm. they, and they bring this person back to camp with them, and they need some kind of resuscitation. Th- or this... they hit this person. Well, and that's what I was thinking. It's like, almost like right? a, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. Kind exactly. Of... But that's a 90s movie, isn't it? That's,
0: like, 1999.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe we're just going to make homages to all sorts of teen movies from...
0: All the slasher. 80s and 90s. Like, road trip, yeah anything um i do want to point out the van that they are traveling in to get to the camp is almost spot on to the van in friday the 13th is it like this the same type of like a scooby-doo type van <laughs> um different colors on it but same type of a paint job that's true it's like and you know i don't know how many times have you seen when people are driving up to camp or to the cabin in the woods they're always in a bigger van or something like that so But this one looks almost spot on to Friday the 13th. And also interesting, I think, in Friday the 13th, there is a character named Chrissy Higgins, who's kind of one of the more popular Friday the 13th final girls, Mm -hmm. who uh, survives a previous uh, experience attack from Jason Voorhees to come in, it, she, she's in friday the 13th but she kind of talks about her past story in the th- friday the 13th when she was younger the third the, sorry the third film she talks about it in that film so we know we don't see her in one or two mm. but what happens to her happens in the time of like one or two and she just kind of flashes back to it and then she re-encounters him years later so that might be the emma roberts character at least inspiration behind it the van sold me on it but or the van told me it was very friday the 13th part 3 which was also terribly done in 3d <laughs> yeah um but uh the character of emma roberts with that past experience led me more think that this is really close to friday the 13th part 3d anyway <laughs> big theory, big yeah. theory. I'm yeah. totally off. But.
1: No, that, that's great. That's that's what this this is a forum for. Is you you got to throw that out there at the beginning um, before we dive into cast, and then after that we'll go into inspirations. Is there anything else that I missed that you can think of that kind of we already know going into the season?
0: Um, you'll go into cast. I'm trying to think of there's. No, I think what we'll cover it when we go to cast. I do think that there is going to be a lot of um, people that we will guess in the cast that Ryan Murphy may have wanted someone else to do it but couldn't get that person because they decided not to do it, so uh, he got, like, a backup, Who's, who will be great. But um, the cast is a lot different this time around. Not a lot different, but there's only a few more familiar faces, and there are lesser-known faces, or there are later season faces as opposed to, like, our big staples.
1: From the, yeah. Who have been there from the very beginning, and who knows, maybe we'll have some. Well, we will for sure have at least one cameo. We know come that from a, a staple. Yeah. Uh, but let, so I guess let's go into that section of it now. Yeah. So the the first per, so first let's talk about returning cast. Emma Roberts is the one we already discussed. She's going to be kind of the I guess point of view character effectively for this season. Um, her character's name is going to be Brooke. She seems nice, sweet. Opposite
0: of all the Emma Roberts characters she's played, I yeah, feel like n- in the. In this universe,
1: not exactly a Madison Montgomery. So, we'll right. see. We'll see how we feel about her in this role. Uh, we, of course, have Billy Lord returning. Her, um, she was in the past two seasons. I think her first, her first season was Cole, right, and then she was Mallory last season. Um, mm-hmm. So she will be back. There is. A, I didn't even realize this, but um, on Facebook, when we were kind of throwing out theories, uh, Tristan passed on the theory that. Potentially, Billy Lord's character with kind of the leopard print and the hair and everything could be Sally from Hotel, a younger version of Sally from Hotel, oh, if we had some kind of world crossover. So that, that, that rumor is, is circulating. Ooh, I like that. But if you haven't seen kind of her costume from the teaser that had all the costumes in it, she's got like the headband and it looks like almost kind of like the 80s, 80s hairband style uh she's gonna have to start crimping her hair i think too to get to get there but who knows yeah yeah uh cody fern you know michael langdon from last season is returning as uh, another cap camp counselor he's quite trendy as well um leslie grossman is Mm -hmm. coming back this is again she she is also a this will be her third season um it's not like a lot of these people, unfortunately, it's not really clear. Other than Brooke, we don't really have a grip on their characters. Uh, I think Leslie Grossman's character is, I don't know if she's like some kind of administrator at the camp, something along those lines. I think
0: she's like the camp director or something. Yeah. At least she acts like it.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what we see. And then the um, more interesting one who hasn't been in a season in a while is John Carroll Lynch. You will remember him, of course, originally as Twisty the Clown in Freak Show. And he also played a serial killer in Hotel, in the flash, in like the room where. What's the night of the the night of the dead where everyone comes back to life?
0: Right. Uh, did he play John Wacy uh, um, uh, Gates? No. Did he? John Wayne
1: Gacy. Yeah. Is that that right? Yeah. That sounds right. Um, obviously, we didn't bother to look this up in advance, but. <laughs> it was like
0: 7 <laughs> seasons ago sorry <laughs> yeah but, but
1: but point point being that he was in hotel and so yeah. this uh, this i think is his only his third season cuz i don't think he was in another season since then that i remember um and th- that I, at least that i was trying to find out in a quick cursory overview but like, yeah but I do believe, while you're kind of double-checking that, I do believe that he was yeah. playing, um, that he will be playing this Mr. Jingles character. There's already kind of circulating that he's going to be playing a villain this season again, so it would be fitting that he's playing the Mr. Jingles character. If you kind of look at the... We, we get some shots of that character in the previews, and he's kind of wearing like a raincoat, and he's got like a handlebar mustache and stuff, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's John Carroll Lynch.
0: Yeah, he did play... Yeah, it's uh, John Carroll Lynch,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I was... Searching John Carroll Oates Which is Joyce Carroll Oates Not a person Anyway, yes, he played um, John Wayne Gacy
1: Okay, cool, so we were right about that Confirmed And then, uh, of course, Sarah Paulson Will be making a Sounds like just like a cameo She'll be a pretty okay. small Yeah, she's season. too busy with other stuff Apparently she's in another Ryan Murphy project That's going to be debuting on Netflix and so Is that it. the Nurse Ratchet one? Yes, that's it mm-hmm. Cool so that's taking a lot of our time right now. Mm-hmm. So so that's the returning cast that we know of and obviously compared to past seasons a pretty short list.
0: Rest assured we'll see a lot more people though.
1: Yeah, I mean it sounds like only the first three episodes are really plotted out so far. Uh new cast, we have some very we have some interesting people this season. Um the top build is Gus Kenworthy. <laughs> he is going to be playing Brooks' boyfriend, so um, He's going to be playing Emma Roberts' boyfriend in the series. Uh, Gus Kenworthy is a silver medal-winning Olympic freestyle skier. Mm-hmm. He also guest starred in RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars four.
0: Um, yeah, so he's he's also quite the uh, thirsty Instagrammer.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, do you follow him? uh no but i see his stuff a lot i follow i follow him now because i've just started following all the new cast members i like to see if there's any like sneak peeks Mm, good thinking um no he he uh he was in the olympics in 2018 also but i don't think he medaled
1: right but he's he's a
0: big he's out there big like uh lgbtq rights um advocate very very visible Mm
1: Yeah, but I don't think he's done too much... Other than that, I don't think he's done too much acting, really. I don't think he's ever acted, yeah. So that will be very interesting. Mm-hmm. But hey, you know, we saw... Ryan Murphy knows his audience. I was going to say, <laughs> hey, Ryan Murphy had Gaga before Bradley Cooper did, so... <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, other new cast members, we have Angelica Ross, who is an actress on the show Pose. So obviously, uh, greater Ryan Murphy kind of universe... Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't. It is. Um, I haven't watched that yet, though. Have you? Koz? I haven't, but I've heard terrific things about it. It's Same. like one of those shows okay. that's just on my list I haven't gotten to yet. Same. Okay. Uh, Matthew <clears throat> Matthew Morrison, which is interesting. He was that's, Mr. Schuster. Yeah, that's funny. So he, you yeah, know, maybe you know Ryan Murphy, OG, you know more than anybody. Um, and in the previews, I will say he has a phenomenal mustache. <laughs> <laughs> He also is sporting quite the package. (laughs) they like
0: very focused on that. Yeah. It's like, all right, dude.
1: (laughs) So he uh, he will probably be a camp director of something or another, too, which is fun. Yeah. Um, We also have uh, Daron Horton, who's from the show Dear White People. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched that yet. No, and then we've got Zach Villa, who plays the character of Dax on Shameless, which is, again, another show that I heard is great, but I have not watched Shameless.
0: That's on Showtime. I don't get
1: Showtime. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, so any comments on the cast before we move in? Well, I, I, was, I was saving this for later, but we might as well say the glaring thing now. The, there is 100% for sure no Evan Peters. He right. he has said that he will not be in this season, and that is... This, this will be the first season he has not been in, I believe.
0: I Which, like, a well-deserved break for him. He's been doing a lot. Um, I think that his last few characters haven't been the most challenging for him in a way they're they're cool they're fun but they're not cool i mean i would not Tate. i
1: would argue that well i would argue that colt his character in colt was more robust than that was some of the others yeah that was his
0: final big one
1: i think yeah but he kind of they kind of you know he had a couple smaller parts in apocalypse like apocalypse Mm -hmm. you know he reprised tate very briefly and then he was mr gallant and then he was jeff of jeff and mutt (laughs)
0: There also may be not a lot of I mean, if you think about your traditional eighties slasher horror films, pretty much everyone's superficial. There's not a lot of depth to do some like good acting work if I'm thinking as an actor. If I'm a young WB actor or CW, whatever they call it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, showing your age then I would want to be right. <laughs> I am showing my age. I was born in the eighties. <laughs> um, I would uh, I would i would be jumping at the chance but if i'm evan peters maybe i'm looking for doing some movie i mean i've been in the x-men movies as quicksilver i've got some more options probably so i will miss him because i like him a lot but you know well, well deserved break and i don't know if there's anything meaty enough for him in this type of a fun type of a slasher campy thing uh as opposed to when he has something like Colt.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's that's probably the case. And like you said, well-deserved break. It'll make for a, yeah. I mean, especially at this point, season nine. We're looking for new dynamics in the show, uh, and even though they play different characters most of the time, it there will, was also
0: yeah. As I said, there's also there was the woman that they introduce as Birdie, I think, in the trailer, who is like the camp cook. Oh, the older and she's the older yeah, woman. the older woman, kind of disheveled, and that chef sort of remind me of the chef in sleepaway camp which we should talk woman. about
1: soon <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um,
0: but also i could see like maybe ryan probably wanted um kathy bates or someone to be like to come play that role
1: oh man kathy bates would have been awesome in that role now that you say that yeah
0: so, i'm sure whoever gets gonna be great is, but. so is
1: that the one you were thinking of uh, when you yeah. when you said, like, potential people that he wanted, but, like, we're off to another yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: that's what I was thinking. It was, like, Kathy Bates would have been great for that. Cause, just because I remember her as, um, in Freak Shows, The Bearded Woman, how, like, she really, like, took that to a really cool place. Yeah. Even though I didn't like that season that much. But I, anyway.
1: I hear you. I hear you. Awesome. So, the next part, I mean, you kind of segued into that quite well, because the next part we wanted to talk about was, in, you know, potential inspirations for this season. Yeah. Uh, now the ones that i've heard cited over and over and over again were halloween friday the 13th uh there's a third one i'm missing that was kind of in that era it it wasn't sleepaway camp which we will talk about that seems like it's more of a cult classic movie um
0: maybe we should briefly before we go into this section Spoiler alerts if you haven't seen any of these movies because we're going to talking about some of them um details in them that are and actually for the rest of the (laughs) our season of our show we'll be talking a lot about these
1: so right because we're going to watch them all homages and everything else like that so first one i want to start with is halloween because of the the the, that's the one i did not review or watch again from the other past ones that uh you know the previewing that i did to prepare for this so i would was wondering if Mm -hmm. you could kind of give everyone just a rough over kind of overview of what happens in halloween sure halloween happens like way
0: earlier um 70s but it's john carpenter's kind of magnum Mm -hmm. opus and it's what put jamie lee curtis on the map as a scream queen uh Lee curtis daughter of janet lee who is in psycho uh as the uh scream queen of that anyway it's your traditional babysitter stalker story and uh this guy gets or this guy kind of murders his family Disappears, comes back, uh, and essentially starts murdering babysitters or or like people that are friends with Jamie Lee Curtis's character in town during Halloween. And then it spawns a direct sequel, which takes place in the hospital where Jamie Lee Curtis's character gets taken. Uh, That's kind of a fun one. And then it just starts starts cycling into the ones that you've seen over and over and over until more recently. They rebooted it after the first one and kind of wiped the slate clean. Uh, but essentially, the, the villain there is Michael Myers, and he's unstoppable. He's been in insane asylum. He gets out and he starts terrorizing the town of Haddonfield. That's his kind of story. He wears the William Shatner mask, um, very iconic for him. So, and he uses a butcher knife as a, a weapon. Awesome. That's kind of the basic the basics. So. That's I
1: think that for those who either haven't watched Halloween in a long time or you know, have never, you know, seen it for one reason or another. That's a perfect overview. Now let's talk about the Friday the 13th series, which I did rewatch the very first Friday the 13th, 13th, which I think I texted you afterward that I had forgotten that Jason was not actually the villain in the original Friday the 13th. And what did I send you? (laughs) You sent me a Drew Barrymore gif, I believe. It's Like you and Drew
0: Barrymore (laughs) folks who don't remember scream. Drew Barrymore got that answer wrong and paid dearly for it. Who is the killer in the first film Friday the 13th Tyler?
1: It is Jason Voorhees mother,
0: Pamela Voorhees. She so the the basics of that film, right, is kind of what we're seeing here, a bunch of
1: well you you just saw it. Why don't you give us the quick rundown? We have a bunch of counselors. Well, so I believe the movie I, I watched this in Sleep Boy Camp right next to each other, so let me make sure I don't get mm-hmm. these two. They're pretty similar in a way, but right. Uh, so basically, we have um, we open on a camp. I believe that is like it looks. It looks like fall, and the camp is deserted, or for camp sale. And it's for sale, right? And then you, I mean, it's kind of supposed to be ominous of like some, and there's like you know shit everywhere and it looks like something clearly happened to this at this campsite and you're wondering what happened or whatever and so we we start the movie off with this young girl who is like on her way to be a cook at this camp and she's en route from you know somewhere out of town and she rolls into this small town she's looking for somebody to drive her to the camp and she says that she's going to camp crystal lake and everyone kind of at this diner kind of looks at each other because camp crystal lake apparently has a reputation for people dying at camp crystal lake some kid drowned at some point and then since then there's like other people been murdered and all this different stuff's happened Anyway. Because the counselors were neglecting the kids. Right. And so the camp shut down, but the... Let me see if I get this right. The son of the people who owned the original camp has decided he's going to bring it back. And it's going to be more robust than ever, and he's going to run Camp Crystal Lake and, and make it all shiny and new again. But, so, so all the counselors are arriving, I guess, a week or two before the kids arrive, basically, to kind of help prep things. Mm-hmm. They're painting stuff. They're getting all the sides ready. Anyway, they get there and people start being murdered. Um, and you get this first-person camera that is also popular in Sleepaway Camp too. And I have to feel like they're definitely going to employ it in American Horror Story oh, this season. better. Which is like you're getting the perspective camera of the killer because you don't know who the killer is at this point in time. And you, like, see their, their hands either, like, choking somebody or, like, stabbing somebody. All this kind of different stuff. Um, so all the counselors start... The, oh, Kevin Bacon's also in it, which I thought was a lot of. Uh, yep, I did not remember. Anyway, people start dying in all sorts of iconic ways. Um, I think in both movies, actually, including Sleepaway Camp, someone is stabbed while, uh, or a couple is stabbed while having se- like, not having sex, but like immediately after sex or something like that. Um, Cuddling. Cu- yeah, uh, someone's like people are killed chased through the woods. Um, someone is drowned in the lake. Again, don't remember which movie that is. Um, there's an axe to the head. I mean, these are, like, ways I'm expecting people to potentially die in American Horror Story. Um, someone is shot with arrows at the archery range. Like, these are ways that you can see people... Potentially, foresee see people dying at camp. Um, so, anyway, tons of people end up dying. There's only... I think Alice is the last, like, remaining person at camp. She is, yep. Um, she had already, like, wanted to go home. But the camp director, like, convinced her to stay. Because I think they were having... They were in a relationship, maybe? Or at least he, like dug her so anyway everyone else dies except her and that's when you find out that it was jason's mother and the reason that she's killing everybody is because it back in the day when the camp counselors were off screwing somewhere little jason Voorhees got in like went swimming in the lake and didn't know how to swim and died because there's no counselors watching him
0: right and the final scene of that film is essentially what's Made to be a dream sequence, but.
1: Right, so she's like, to escape any potential further harm until the police get there, she's like out in a canoe on the lake. She's overnight. taking
0: a nap in the fucking lake. Like, what yeah, are you doing? O- overnight,
1: till the police cars show up. And just as like the police cars show up, she wakes up and then out of the water appear- appears to be like the corpse of Jason, I guess, grabbing her and pulling her back into the lake. And then all of a sudden, she yep. wakes up at the hospital. And the policeman, the policeman that is there and she says that she you know what happened to the boy who pulled me into the lake and they're like, I don't know who you're talking about. You're crazy.. Mm-hmm. So that, so that's the original Friday the 13th. Do you want to expand upon what happens? I, like I know you talked about it a little bit before. the, but in the, in the, the, the formula
0: becomes I mean the whole all the movies become very formulaic. Um, eventually, it's more than like white teenagers that show up. <laughs> they start at least getting a more diverse cast. Still, some very problematic issues with race that I think they might like make fun of or hopefully uh, be satirical about in the 1984 um, uh, season.
1: Because um, original Friday the 13th was 1980, right?
0: 1980, mm-hmm. correct, yeah. And then they, I can't, the sequel came out pretty quickly after that. Uh, and unfortunately, we also see, well, spoilers. <laughs> Um, we see the de- the immediate demise of uh, Alice from the first one, <laughs> uh, and then we just in the second the one she
1: cast in the second one the she characters. dies immediately. Okay, yeah, yeah, bummer,
0: yeah. Um, but then they also so I think it went up to like Jason ended up in uh, he Jason took Manhattan. Jason takes Manhattan in one of them. Uh, Jason goes against a telepath in one of them. Jason. <laughs> ends up in space in jason x which is ridiculous and like probably the worst slash best one uh of the sequels that they ever put out they rebooted friday the 13th uh and oh gosh like 2007 or 8 and I, I, i don't remember exactly what year it was but it was a 2000 something version i actually thought it was really good the uh the reboot uh they did a really good job and there were some iconic deaths in that Whole sequence, or that whole uh, movie, that I'm assuming, uh, well, a lot of them were homages uh, or nods to previous deaths in Friday the Thirteenth. So I think that we might see some of those pop up again in the this whole 1984 camp season.
1: Mm-hmm. And then I guess the final one of of these that I wanted to talk about is Sleepaway Camp, which some of you might Ooh. not be familiar with. And, big cult classic. And if you are not, it is currently on amazon prime and i encourage you before the season starts to go watch that movie because let's not spoil the end of this one but uh, yeah this movie is fucking nuts of the (laughs) three of the three this was by far i think the most entertaining Mm -hmm. do you want to give a a brief overview without giving what happens at the very end um it's this one's kind of cool it's a little different because we are
0: following some of the counselors at a camp but we're also following um some of the some of the kids in particular, one kid. um Bethany. And Angela. Angela. Who's, oh, who's Yeah. Okay. And and, 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 and her, her experience. And her
1: cousin, Rick. That's right.
0: And her cousin, yeah. And Angela gets picked on a bit, and Rick's nice to her, and it's all about Angela making friends and stuff, but also we see kind of what's going on with the counselors. Sort of traditional in that sense, but the way everything unfolds and the way the, the death scenes are shot, it is a whodunit. We don't know who's the murderer we don't know if it's a ghost story person or if it's someone at the camp. Uh, so you spend your time kind of like following people around and get some gruesome
1: deaths. The, de- the like this, the deaths in that particular movie are phenomenal. I'm thinking of mm. The Cook is a the One also. Oh yeah, some of those, some of those are hilarious. Um, yeah. I will say that that of the three of these as far as I remember like sleepaway camp is a hard r in some ways um uh yeah
0: yeah yeah the final sequence is like what <laughs> yeah. oh my god we can't even yeah people have
1: to see it. you you just need to go watch you yeah it. You, you'll have to go watch the end if they if they make, dm us if you've seen it so well like, yeah. what's going to happen is if they make an homage to it in american horror story this season we're going to have to blow the ending at that yep. point in time uh yeah. but the other thing i want to i will say is that that character also angela the she had trauma happen to her in a, a, mm-hmm. at, like, a lake when she was a kid, and so she's afraid of water, basically, because her, her sibling and her um, father were both killed in, like, a rogue boating, boating accident, accident, basically. Yeah. And so that's mm-hmm. why she's, like, as a, you know, teenager, she's, like, super quiet and very, you know, refuses to go in the water and stuff. She's still, like, holding on to that trauma from that experience. So. Right. Yeah, anyway. Great movie. So I... So, I have not watched all the sequels to that. Is there anything worth talking about in the sequels? I've seen the second one, and I can't...
0: I don't want to say anything because it gives away a little bit of the ending of... First one. Of the first one, yeah.
1: Okay, okay, that's fair.
0: Well, it gives away who lives at the end of the first one. Is that worth saying?
1: I think that part's fine. That's not the part you don't want okay. to give away.
0: Okay, so essentially it's... Um, no, never mind, I'm not going to say it. Because it, I can't remember if... if if it's if they know that, that that's the same person or not. So anyway, I'm not going to say anything. Okay. But you should watch it, <laughs> everyone. Okay.
1: Yeah. Now, I need to go watch the second one now. Um, <laughs> are there any other 80s slasher films, like camp slasher films, that you think they would be referencing that I haven't mentioned here?
0: I can't think of any at the top of my head. There's a few that I haven't seen that I'm going to try to see before um i sent you like a list of things that of ones that i found but nothing off the top of my head i'm sure someone's gonna like send us a few messages about ones we should check out and please send us those that we may have missed so we're on top of it
1: for sure and the last thing we're going to talk about in this inspirations for the season section is kind of different things that were happening in at the time in 1984 to kind of like just set the context for the era oh boy yes so we talked a li- about this a little bit during
0: cult, I feel like, but 70s is when it started, 80s and 90s is when it kind of picked up, but the satanic panic was a big thing in the 80s. Um, we covered a little bit of, of that during the cult. Uh, cult season, but there was a lot of like fear about like devil worshipers and teenagers joining cults and child abuse rituals and witches and symbols and pagan culture and Halloween, urban legends, things like that. So there might be some reference of that. And along those lines, there's some, you know, serial killers that were out there around the early to mid eighties. One of them that I dug up and looked at was, um, which I think we've talked about before, was uh, Richard Ramirez, I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that. He, was, he was kind of a serial killer, rapist and burglar. He was a home invasion type of person was called the night stalker and he was from doing this from like in the bay area from like 84 to 85 uh, and he was a satanist so i think like that maybe that's the type of person who gets breaks into uh, brooks home and tries to kill her or something like that but that's that's kind of a very famous serial serial killer around that time um, there was also uh, I'm trying to think of he was called the Beauty Queen Killer and I think he was in Florida and that was a serial serial killer in 1984 and he would kind of target uh, like pretty women or attractive women and he ended up killing I think eight women and 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 12 rapes or something like that so pretty pretty terrible stuff uh, and he he ended up kind of like I think starting in Florida and then he just kept like Pop, popping around uh, uh, other states and committing these crimes um, I don't think he was a sa- Satanist but uh, either way serial killer at the time that I think we should all kind of be aware of um, what other things were we talking about 80s wise that were kind of
1: big um, I mean we got the fashion portion a little bit already from the right. We, uh, the music is obviously going to play a role I mean I, 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 I expect so... a stellar soundtrack Oh yeah, the music hopefully is great. We got you know Tina
0: Turner will be big. Maybe we'll get um, maybe we'll get an '80s musician to cameo. That would seem. Oh, okay. that would be cool. Yeah. Um, who do you want? Phil Collins, <laughs> Billy Joel. <laughs>
1: oh, I
0: don't know. Um, no, that's not really like maybe. David Bowie was big. Wham was big. Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Janet Jackson. Rick Astley. That'd be cool. Oh God. Let's hope not.
1: <laughs> He's doing well these days. I think that would be a good I,
0: one. I mean, it does. It would make perfect sense to use him, and just yeah. Uh, and then, well, we talked about movies too. Also, you know, we had Ghostbusters, in, in Indiana Jones. I think Temple of Doom was the one that was out. Uh, Terminator came out. Uh, Karate Kid. So, and you see a lot of those sort of like influences in the slasher films from the '80s as well
1: totally um, Nightmare on Elm Street in terms of horror stories Nightmare on Elm Street the mm-hmm. very first one came out Gremlins um, oh wow yeah Beverly Hills Cop um, that, yeah that's a lot of good stuff there never ending story uh,
0: Ronald Reagan was president I wonder if they'll reference anything there
1: <laughs> oh yeah that's interesting it would I mean in a, if, if it's, if it's in, you know Ryan Murphy can't help but uh, involve politics in one way or another so that would mm-hmm. be really surprising Yep.
0: Yep. And then the um, the Olympics were happening in LA that year and that's during that summer, so if it's summertime the Olympics were it's kind going of,
1: on. Kind of funny we also have an actual Olympian in the show too, so
0: Yeah, yeah, I kinda like that. I wonder if they'll make a joke about that. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah,
1: me too. <laughs> so that kind of sets the stage for I guess the time period where we're at, where you know what these camp counselors will be experiencing, you know, in that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moving forward, I, I mean, we have a couple of these these main questions that we ask every time. Before I ask you about your biggest... Uh, start, start thinking about your biz- biggest excitement and your biggest concerns right now. But the one thing I okay. wanted to kind of mention... It's not, it, it's kind of related, but it's not really. And it's the... I wanted to talk for just a minute about the idea of, of camp. And
0: mm-hmm. c- camp
1: is an adjective that we have used in many past American Horror Story seasons to describe the style. I would say probably... Yep. Of the first few seasons, I was gonna say maybe Hotel, Hotel was the very first one to like Muslim. really kind of grip onto what it is. But I, yeah. I just th- it's something I want to talk about because obviously the word Coven was there too. I, totally, uh, Co- Coven was there too. Yeah. And then there's been a lot of aspects of other seasons that have kind of fit into fit into it as well. But I think it's suiting well. It's it's fitting that when we have a season that's about camping to just talk about what that word yeah means.
0: what can you, actually could you define camp because that was a big question that a lot of people had last season like what is camp what does it mean not not the camp well, like camping but like camp
1: right the adjective yeah so as an adjective basically it's it, it's talking about a a style and a sensibility that regards something as appealing because of its bad taste and ironic value uh, that's one definition but in terms of art. Um, or social practice, it's considered a performance identity for several types of entertainment, including film, cabaret, pantomime, in which high art basically incorporates beauty and in value compared to camp, I guess, being lively and audacious and dynamic and basically kind of being over the top for dramatic... Exactly. Um, being 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 over the top, of being I guess self aware of being over the top in order to make a point about something is how I would describe it. Um, the kind of some of the article you know articles I was reading about it is that it's often confused with terms like kitsch or cheesy. When that's a little bit undervaluing the term because the term is is, is more, as I said, self aware. Whereas you'd say something's cheesy when it's like maybe trying you know trying to be sincere, heartfelt, and just kind of missing the point. Whereas something that's camp... Camp is dramatic. Yeah, and intentionally so, and maybe even kind of... It's self, very purposeful, And yeah. maybe even self-parodying to a certain note. You know, it's ostentatious, exaggerated, theatrical. And it's it's yes. something that is, you know, it was um, really kind of... It kind of became a big deal in the 60s with, you know, you started to have directors like uh, John Waters and... You know, even today you think about people like RuPaul kind of really, and Liberace kind of embody that kind of camp aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe, I've got a note here that Susan Sontag once said that camp emphasizes key elements like uh, artifice, frivolity, naive middle-class pretentiousness, and shocking excess. Camp as an aesthetic has been popular from the 1960s to the present, so it's kind of given birth in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, you you can already kind of tell from the previews that the show is going to really kind of Take hold of that over the top. I mean, in a lot of these old slasher movies, I would even call camp in, in some ways. They, they're intentionally over the top in that regard, and so I, I have I have no doubt we're going to be seeing that take place again uh, in this season.
0: Yep, which I think is great. I'm, I'm I hope they this is one environment where I hope they do kind of turn it up and just don't go the basic. Uh, even though I love a good traditional whodunit slasher, this it would be really fun if they amp it up. To the degree that American Horror Story tends to do. Um, so I feel like we're not going to be as scared in this season. We'll be laughing a lot with it and enjoying it more in that sense, which I've come to kind of embrace. I always get mad every year. I'm like, I wasn't scared enough. I stopped getting scared at, at like Roanoke. Um, uh, then they went for like an eeriness sometimes, which is cool. But this, I think, is going to be fun. And th- and that's what I'm looking for.
1: Agreed. So so that's, that's a good way to start talking about our biggest excitements uh, about this Mm -hmm. season. And I do think, for me, that 80s vibe is, in a lot of ways, very suitable to the traditional style of American Horror Story anyway. So I feel I I have a lot of high expectations, because I feel like the aesthetic of American Horror Story is going to slide quite easily into this genre. Um, It does a good job of being, like you said, kind of dramatic and over-the-top and that sort of thing, while also being... I mean, you know, it still has, especially like with a first-person camera and like the dramatic deaths and stuff, it can still be uh, suspenseful, but you're right, it probably won't be outright scary in the way that some past seasons have tried to be like, you know, Murder House or Asylum. Um, I am also just generally excited for the 80s feel of it with the music, with the clothes, with all that type of stuff. And I am excited to, to see how kind of some of our new actors... And actresses do. Uh, Gus Cammerly should just be interesting. Uh, Matthew Morrison, I think, will be a lot of fun. Maybe they'll even have him. Sing. I think he'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, I, I do feel like there's a lot to look forward to in that regard.
0: It does seem like Billy Lord's back into a character where I think she's better at. Even though I, I think she's great and I like her a lot, Mallory was like, meh nah, to me. <laughs> like she was sweet and nice, but like she's so much better as like that kind of like funny person and she just has the deadpan that she had in scream queens back when she was on that uh, show
1: have you seen the movie book smart
0: no i heard it's really good though with uh with what's her name it's
1: it's olivia wilde's um, directorial debut and it has um jonah hill's sister is it, is it beanie feldstein beanie yeah. yeah uh but billy lord plays a large role in that movie as a character that is perfect for her and she's yeah. hysterical okay and so i i that's what just when you talk about like characters yeah. that kind of fit her talents. I, I do agree with you that it seems like from the previews that this character is going to be kind of, she'll be back in something a little band. more comfortable for her.
0: I'm also kind yeah. of excited
1: to see what Cody Fern can do with a character. That's not, I mean, I liked him last season as Michael, but he, he was also kind of in a position where he had to play. I mean, a pretty loaded character. <laughs> and Yeah.
0: So, yeah. And I, I hadn't seen him in um, American crime story yeah uh, story with uh uh versace wasn't he? versace thank you mm-hmm. um but y- yeah he was fine <laughs> i liked him I <laughs> um, yeah but uh this character seems much more also up his alley where he like what we already saw i actually had assumed you know just based off of his uh mannerisms and stuff like that which was a total stereotype on my part i i recognize that i assumed he might be like gay in this and he might not be because when i saw the trailer he was very kind of douchey actually um so i i'm actually excited to see what he does with this character because i think he, he just seemed like he leaned right on into it and it was kind of fun
1: well and maybe in that same regard we'll see some kind of subversions of tro- like some of these 80s tropes too which I would, would be that. really fun I would love that, yeah. Yeah, I look forward to that. I'm
0: very excited to see creative kills. I think that's one of the things why I love to watch horror movies. Especially this genre
1: we, is, like, all about the creative kills.
0: Yeah, let's see how fucked up we can, like, kill people. I guess, like, like Final Destination is, like, one of my favorite series because I like seeing the Rube Goldberg uh, versions of, like, contraptions of how people died. <laughs> Dark, I guess. I don't know what that says about me, but I like the creativity. One thing so I'm excited about that. One
1: thing I'll also say too about this genre, like this 80s slasher genre, and you talked about it in in kind of uh, reviewing the past ones, is like this idea of like a ridiculously indestructible bad like villain, where like they get like everything could possibly happen to them that you you think they should be dead ten times over, and somehow they're still like stumbling through. It's it's like the it's like Harry and Marvin in the Home Alone series where like they just keep... <laughs> yeah, come on, you'd be dead after the first paint can to the face. Yeah. Um, you know, watching Friday the 13th too, it's like, the other thing too is a lot of times these characters, the like these stupid kids in, in these movies will like, you know, Alice would like hit Mrs. Voorhees in the head with a bat and she would like stumble backward for a second and instead of like picking up the knife or like doing anything to like make sure she's incapacitated, she would like Run outside and then stop, and then, and then of course she like, or like go hide in a closet in the next room, and then she comes and finds her again, and they do the whole thing over again like eight times.
0: Yeah, I am sort of excited to see the poor choices characters make. Again. <laughs> but I do hope they subvert some of that and like you know have some. I'm I'm sure Emma Roberts' character Brooke will be smart or smarter than the some of the others. Mm-hmm. And I think I, be I'm self- excited to see those. Yeah, and so along those lines, character wise. Uh, Like it is very formulaic in the Friday the Thirteenth movie series, Mm -hmm. so I'm hoping that it opens like that and our writers really like push it and make it something kind of cooler and deeper and but just as entertaining as a a basic, you know, 80 to 90 minute Friday the Thirteenth sequel.
1: And so that having been said, let's talk about what your biggest concerns are for this season.
0: Oh Lord. I think I'm ex- I'm concerned that uh they're not going to do the serial killer justice in this or the killer in it or you know I you know I don't want them to do what they did to uh uh Twisty which is like introduce him make him really cool and exciting for like two episodes and scary episodes at first. and scary and then give him a really uh, sob story, humanism sympathetic background and i'm like well like no like make me like be scared of this guy you know that's one of the things about jason Voorhees and michael myers and any of the other serial killers and all the slasher uh, uh in the slasher genre i am sort of fearful of them because i know that they're just not going to stop and yeah, there's a little bit of a background story, like Jason was drowned in, or drowned in a lake, and his mom wanted revenge. Uh, Michael's well, Michael was deluded. Uh, anyway, the I don't want I don't want them to do it the, the way they did Twisty. I would prefer more to be like the bloody face route, where it, he was scary, we didn't know who he was, and he did some messed up stuff. That is kind of more of the wheelhouse of a serial killer. I'm hoping to see. Right. I feel like even though I love Twisty.
1: Well, I feel like there's a time and place for like a sympathetic villain but in this particular genre that's not what it's about at all you know yeah it's
0: and yeah, yeah and i would like a little bit of a who done it element i'm a big fan of those like scream is is one of my favorite um it's not even a trilogy it's four movies now but one of my favorite series on in horror and slashers and uh, every different movie was something like who is it it's some a character we've met the michael myers and the jason Voorhees thing is like whatever i i can still be scared by that if they're going to go that route but i hope there's some sort of a like mystery well but even
1: in in the original friday the 13th you didn't know who it was till the very end absolutely that's
0: totally true and same
1: thing in sleepaway camp is like that's what that first person camera did Mm -hmm. so well is it like made you wonder whose perspective you were watching out of. who's this person yep Mm
0: -hmm. and there's a lore at the camp i'm sure where they hear scary stories and that's what people think it might be but Mm -hmm. it'd be cool if there's a kind of a human element to what's going on killing besides here's a serial killer and you should feel bad for him right um what yeah who's your favorite serial killer i mean you like you're twisty oh
1: from the series from this series yeah I did like twisty. I I just didn't like the humanization of him that much. Um, I I mean, I also really enjoyed dandy as just being a absolutely like psych. he was like a very, it's funny. They were both in the one season that we often criticize, but we always talk about them as being the two huge highlights of that. We just didn't get enough of them. Um, he was really fun too. Yeah. And bloody, bloody Bloody face is a good example. He was great. Um, I mean, tate's a serial killer he's more sympathetic i guess Mm -hmm. uh it's that's not really how you think of him but he was
0: right uh my other fear is always the fear that we have with a new season of american horror story which is three or four episodes in they're just gonna start throwing shit on the wall
1: (laughs) i mean that's the note i even put here in this document it's like structure is always a worry Yep. I will say that we felt like they salvaged some parts of Apocalypse that fell off a little bit at the end last season. Uh, certainly better than they did. I think Colt. We were uh, specifically upset with how that season ended. Yeah. And so yeah. you know, um, they are at a place now where coming off of a solid kind of a a solid full season beginning to end. And I, I again I. I'm worried about it, but I'm hopeful that this is going to be suited to them. I'm also a little concerned that we don't have Evan Peters here to kind of be a rock of sorts. But, again, maybe that'll be freeing in some ways. I don't know. We don't... Yeah, maybe it'll open up
0: for Cody Fern to really shine, you know, and be our new kind of... Or Gus Kenworthy. Or Matthew Morrison. Like, or I don't know, whoever might be.
1: Right, Deron Horton or Zach Viller, any of the... Or, or, I mean, or Emma, or... um, Yeah. Billy. I mean... I kind of expect Billy Lord to be great this season. I don't even I couldn't even tell you why. It's just like from the preview I'm expecting her to be great. I don't know. So.
0: No Francis Conroy
1: that we know of yet. That we know of yet. The only two that we know for sure will not be in this season are Evan Peters and Billy Eichner. They're the only two that said they will not right. be in this season whatsoever. So.
0: I feel like that's what they always say and then maybe they'll get a quick cameo at the end. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. It's hard not to show up for a quick little paycheck just so you can have that record of being the only person on every single season. I would feel hard to turn it
1: down. That's true. That's a good case for maybe Evan. Maybe Evan Peters will be the they, killer. You find out in the last episode.
0: They owe a lot to Ryan Murphy, so if he calls them, I think they would come
1: for like a quick like death scene or something. I don't know. That's You're probably right. So, uh, final piece, of course, for this preview is we go over our rankings uh, from past seasons.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm not looking.
1: Oh, yeah, you were trying, that's right, I I put this together and I wrote down what you finished, what your rankings were at the end of Apocalypse, uh, and you're supposed to tell, we're, we're going to find out whether or not in your memory it they still stand stands. the same. So why don't you tell me what you have and then I'll read off. Because
0: I remember I shuffled it around from the beginning you did? of last season. till. Okay, so right now, going into season nine, I have number one, Asylum, obviously. It's always been my number one. Number two, I think I shifted around Murder House.
1: Yep. Yeah. N-
0: number three, really? I had number two at the end of the season as Murder House? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, number three, Roanoke. Mm-hmm. Number four, Coven. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, my God. This is crazy. I, I took some- Number five.
1: Y- yeah, so clearly it stayed with you.
0: Apocalypse slash Coven 2. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Number six, Colt. Uh-huh. Number seven, Hotel, and number eight, Freak Show. You
1: got it. Spot on.
0: Shut the fuck. Oh, my God. I Whoa, that's crazy. Okay.
1: Okay. How does
0: yours line Well, up? first that's, of all, do, you, oh do you, you
1: remember why that was? I can tell you what your reasoning was at the end of the last season.
0: When I was writing it down just now, before we started this, I was thinking that Apocalypse slash Coven 2 really re... I refound my love for Murder House because we returned to it, and and also Coven. I kind of re- loved those characters because I spent more time with them. Correct. Oh my God! Look at I haven't even
1: talked about this show in like months. Mm-hmm. Cool. It stuck with All it. Right. So wow. I'll just read off what mine Your stand. Yeah. So the, yeah. mine, mine are the same from the end of last season. Uh, Murder House is one as always. Roanoke is two, remains two. And the reason that has kind of stood solid at two for me has, was just because at a time where it almost felt like the series was like I think it was right off of tired yeah done. well they just like it was inventive in the structure and i appreciated that i agree some people didn't like it but i i appreciated that aspect of it
0: i love it yeah uh, i agree with you uh,
1: asylum 3 always asylum i i put apocalypse as number 4 um, okay and that was what it was at the end of last season 2 because it like it managed to hold together. It was, I think, we the thing we kept saying at the end of last season is it was primarily it ended up being more of a sequel to Coven than a crossover, right? But it was a it was a it was fun in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, then I had Hotel as Six, uh, Coven as because I think actually Hotel ended up going up and like mm-hmm. growing in my memory
0: because is it because we went back to the hotel with, to get Queenie?
1: Maybe. And I, it's something about that season. Also in my memory, I, just like, I remember it being really fun and liking a lot of the char- like, you know, it was Taylor. It was fun. And, you know, lady, Ga- lady, Ga- oh, lady Gaga's yeah. character and Finn Witt Rock's character. I just remember it. Well, and hypodermic Sally. And some of those characters were, were just fun that season. And, I remember, yeah. I mean, there were definitely characters that we didn't like as much that season, but I remember those ones I, I did enjoy. Um, and then uh, coming after that, Col- Colt, I, so the one thing is Colt had dropped for both of us. And for some reason mm-hmm. in our memory, it was mm-hmm. like, it, whether it was because the ending we really hated or just for some reason it didn't stand out to us, that one has kind of faded toward the back and then both of us always rank Freak Show last. Again, be, even though... I don't know, may- maybe th- at the end of this season I'm going to have to rethink my order of Freak Show and Cult because now, in my mind, I'm like affectionate toward Freak Show just because of, you know, Twisty and Dandy. So, we'll see how that
0: takes. <laughs> we'll see if they visit the camp. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing
1: that di- I think some news that did break between the end of last season and the beginning of this season is that the Coven Witches will appear again in some future season of American Horror Story.
0: Of course they will it's the it's Brian Murphy's favorite.
1: Yeah. So so that's worth noting. The other thing I want I remember now that I wanted to say in terms of expectations is I this genre I'm very hopeful we're not going to have people returning from the dead, which is continu- oh, god, always been a problem that's plagued the show, but this is the genre for which that would if there's something so that, I'm going to put that under con- biggest concerns because if there's something that tanks this uh, yep. season it would be I think people returning from the dead because that's not what happens in these slashers
0: no no yeah i swear to god if the witches show up and start bringing people back to life in episode four i'm i don't know what i'm gonna do i think we'll be better
1: off if they really limit the paranormal in this season
0: yeah i agree that'd be ideal roanoke was paranormal but when you died for the most part you died Mm -hmm. and that was the closest well i guess uh cult was kind of based in more of a world of reality where if you died you died right Yeah, I agree. Let's not bring people back to life. Let's keep the stakes high so I care about these characters instead of just laughing the entire time. Right.
1: So, uh, man, a lot of stuff to be excited about. Anything else you wanted to share before we uh, sign off of our preview and gear up for next week? I don't. Awesome. Well, with that being said, folks, we want to thank you again for listening to our preview. Uh, American Horror Story Season 9, 1984, premieres next Wednesday at 10 o'clock on FX, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern.
0: Or 9 o'clock if you're central. Correct,
1: on FX. And uh, as always, in the meantime, uh, you know you should go and check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Story. Let's uh, share some more theories and stuff before we actually kick off the season. And you can always email us at Story at gmail. And please go rate us, for us on iTunes. We sincerely appreciate it um with that being said uh if we have if, wait, if we have any spies out there who live where
0: they were filming like we've had that happen in the past let us know what you've seen oh yeah intel that's always great gets gets yeah. intel
1: chris where can people find you between <laughs> now and next week
0: i am on instagram and twitter at chris Husted, chris with a k how about you
1: Tyler? uh you can check me out on twitter at tj Love. So, anyway, Uh, we're back. Woo! We are back. Happy season nine, folks. And until next week, happy hauntings.